Good Friday morning. Today is April 27th, and you're listening to the Cato Daily Podcast with Anastasia Glova. Election coverage in recent days is all about how much money the candidates have raised. Both Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama collected record sums, and Mitt Romney hit over $20 million in the first quarter of 2007. Is the intersection of money and elections a cause for concern? Not according to Cato scholar John Samples, author of the Cato book, The Fallacy of Campaign Finance Reform. There's been a lot in the headlines about the record fundraising numbers that candidates are setting this season. Is there anything to worry about here? No, there's rarely anything to worry about, about money and spending in politics. I mean, there's been a lot of evidence shown in congressional elections that more spending is associated with better informed voters and with voters who are less informed becoming more informed than the voters who are already informed becoming more informed. In other words, it helps the less informed voter more. This kind of notion that spending is bad has been around for a long time. It's sort of an emotional response. People believe money shouldn't have anything to do with politics. But the fact is we can't have any kind of political activity without some kind of spending. And generally speaking, spending is a sign of a competitive and vibrant kind of election. Well, what about the charge that money buys candidates? Well, there's not much evidence that we've found in the congressional elections about that. That is, that the votes done by members of Congress are related to their campaign contributors. And also, you know, you have to keep in mind in the current system, certainly we have a world where people are limited in how much money they can give. And so you're talking about a few thousand dollars out of a large number of contributors. Obama ended up having over 100,000 contributors. And no one person or group of people even has much influence just because of the money because he can find the money elsewhere. Most candidates that are of any quality can always replace the person who wants to use their contribution to have influence over the candidate. Still, campaigns keep getting more expensive with every passing election season. It's gotten to a point where you can't even mount a viable campaign unless you're independently wealthy or a millionaire. Well, it's actually not true that they keep getting more expensive if you control for growth in the economy. In other words, we spend more money in 2004 than we did in 1904 or 1964. But the country as a whole is a lot more wealthy than it was in 1964. But proportionally, as a proportion of national wealth, the evidence is we probably spend about as much on a presidential election as we always did. So that gives you a suggestion that what's really happening is we become wealthier and we spend more on presidential elections, even though we don't spend more of what we have. The second thing, this particular election is different because there's no obvious nominee for either party. It's a wide open contest for both Democrats and Republicans. And there's a large number of candidates, relatively speaking. You've got about four serious candidates on both sides. So naturally, you're going to be, since there's more people with a better chance, a real chance of winning, they're going to be raising more money and spending it. So that's another reason. But again, that's just as being richer is a good thing that leads to more spending. Having more candidates trying to become president or get the nomination is also a good thing because you have competition for the primary voters. Fair enough. But what about the candidates whose views and voices the public doesn't get to hear because they haven't raised enough money to, say, uh, buy a TV spot or a radio ad? 
Well, even the the candidates that are capable, uh, or even one, one has dropped out so far, was able to buy some. I mean, they were able to raise some money, so they could get some of their message out. One of the things you have to remember is that the people who making contributions and making these kinds of decisions early on are also making judgments about their professionals in a way that there's people highly interested in politics. They may not be given a great deal of money. Sometimes it's a few hundred dollars. But their intensity of interest is a reflection, I think, of whether the candidates themselves would be a good, strong candidate that has national appeal. So if we say that there's some some candidate out there who can't raise enough money, who would be a great candidate or a great president, or at least, let us say, a candidate that has a widespread appeal, I suspect that that person does not exist, although it's often said that they do, and the people who fail trying to be that candidate think they were it just for lack of money. I think money's a pretty good evidence whether a person is going to be a good candidate or not for the whole country. On a related note, the Supreme Court heard arguments yesterday about whether business and labor unions can sponsor campaign ads. What's your take on this case? Well, the important thing about this case is it's a high, like most campaign finance rules and most court judgments now. It's very complex and a bit of a mess. The important thing, though, here is it looks like there's a majority on the Supreme Court who are willing for the first time in a long time to hold back and to deregulate to some degree and to have a wider range of freedom in politics in the campaign finance area. They look like they're going to, to one degree or another, say that McCain-Feingold law went too far because it made it too difficult for certain kinds of groups, corporations and unions, or nonprofit groups, certain kinds of nonprofit groups to run ads. This may be a turning point in a couple of months in the recent history of campaign finance. We may be seeing a movement back in the other direction toward a more liberalized system. Thank you, John. The book I mentioned in the introduction, The Fallacy of Campaign Finance Reform, is available at the Cato Online Bookstore at www.catostore.org.